Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Read this with me, Vianna says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Wow. That's a solemn warning. And it's a warning that people say, Lord, Lord, Lord. And he said, I don't know you. Wow. And you know, boy, that's chilling. Because I, I've even gone places and had people who um, have met me somewhere else, but it's been a while, and, and they'll say, Bishop, I'm so-and-so. And I say, okay, how you doing? And he says, you don't know me, we met. And they'll mention some place I met him two years ago, and I'm looking at him thinking, no, I really don't know you. And that's just kind of embarrassing. You know what I mean? For Jesus to stand and tell you, I don't know you, that's not just embarrassing. That's eternal damnation. And by the way, when he says, I don't know you, he doesn't mean, I don't know who you are. He means, I know you're not one of mine. That's what he means. But, but, but look at this, look at this interesting, because here's how people have interpreted this verse. So it just goes to show, People can prophesy, they can cast out demons, they can do many wonders in his name. That doesn't mean they're saved. But you know what? That's really not quite what this verse is saying. Although you can certainly interpret it that way, and I think be, be, be within the context of the verse. But notice, here's the key words. He said, many will say to me in that day. He didn't say they were telling the truth. Folks lie. Folks lie about being saved. I mean, people lie about their, their spiritual condition all the time. I've said before, you watch those people who tend to be so spiritual and they're just so much better. I just don't understand how the dregs do not rise to the level to which I do. I don't understand how they couldn't be spiritual like me. Those are the biggest devils you ever want to find. Because they're next, those all up in the air because they think they've arrived and they don't understand how other people haven't gotten to their level. I've had more trouble with people like that than I've had with anybody else. I've had less trouble with people who say, Bishop, I, I, I'm struggling a little bit. I'm trying. Because you can help those people, but those people who think they've already arrived, you can't help them. They really tend to think, well, I'm spiritually ahead of the pastor. The pastor needs to listen to me. I told you all I had one couple tear up the church while I was in Israel. First trip I made to Israel, second trip actually I made to Israel. I came back, church all torn up. When I approached them about what happened, they said, well, Bishop, obviously you don't have the Holy Ghost. I said, but the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. Well, we didn't create the confusion. Well, you all are the ones who caused it. <laughs> Depart from me, I never knew you. Now look, we talked last time about James chapter 1, Christians deceiving themselves. 
said, be not mere hearers of the word, but doers also, deceiving your own selves. Even Christians can deceive themselves. Amen? These folks that Jesus is talking about here are clearly not Christians. So human beings are quite capable of deceiving themselves, even to believing that they're saved when they're not. So that may be one problem why people aren't bearing fruit for the kingdom, because they're just not saved in the first place. And here's the second one. You're saved, but stuck in a state of immaturity and carnality. And the Bible talks about those people too. 1 Corinthians 3. Our brethren could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able, for you are still carnal. Now, we know he's talking to Christians and telling them, yeah, you're saved, but you're carnal. In other words, and that word carny, carnal is the, is the Greek word for carne, meat. In other words, you are fleshly. Your, your lives are centered, or here again, centered around you and your flesh, you and your desires, you and your wants, you and, and your status, you and what you, well, who you think you are. And when people don't mature, it's not because God doesn't want them to mature. It's because they don't want to. I mean, and think about this. These are people who are receiving tremendous revelation from the greatest revelatory apostle, certainly one of the greatest. I mean, he wrote two-thirds of the New Covenant. In, 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 in Christian history, the apostle Paul, and they still were messed up. Which means they were making a choice not to hear. And you got people who they make a choice not to grow because growing gets in their way. Because if I grow, it means I may have to make some different choices. If I grow, I mean, I may have to do some things differently. If I grow, I may have to actually put the kingdom of God and put church first. And I don't want to do that. I got other things to do. I'm not interested in hearing the word a second time. I might get something in there that convict, convicts me. And you know, the Bible says, he that knows the way and does it not shall be beaten with many stripes. And some people think that by shutting their ears and not hearing, they won't have to be as answerable to God. Well, I didn't know. But God's going to say, but you could have known. <laughs> you chose not to know. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. So some people are just stuck in a state of maturity and carnality, and they just don't want to grow. A, a friend of mine took over church some time ago, and I won't give you any more details than that. And uh, great, great man of God, loves the Lord, wants to do right. And the first thing that happened within a few months after he took over was a bunch of the members got together and wrote a letter denouncing him, sent it to a bunch of his congregants trying to get him thrown out. It didn't succeed. But, but what would make Christians do that? Some of them may just flat out be not be saved and they're playing for power themselves. Some of them may be here, carnal Christians. You know, some of them may say, well, now you know what the pastor said last week. Now, he didn't need to say that, did he? He real that was, that, wasn't that an insult? Wasn't that offensive? Like I told you, one time I was pastoring church when I was just starting out and somebody came to me, some of the officials in the church came to me and said, we, we, we hear you preaching many sermons of admonition. 
But what we want you to do is to preach sermons of comfort. And I said, well, what I'm charged to do is to preach what God gives me to preach. And you know what they looked at me like? Well, what's that got to do with anything? I told you, and I quoted this. I quoted the verse. I said, well, you know, the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. And I had one of these officials, a trustee, say to me, you'll never get me to believe that. Official in the church. So saying some, some people, and here again, I don't know what's saved or carnal or something's wrong. So that's the second thing. Here's the third thing. And this is, this is, this is perhaps assuming a person's saved. The first is the worst because if you're not saved, you're on your way to hell. I don't care. You can, you can, you know, you can wear the seat off the, the, the church cushion and still bust hell wide open. That's not going to do you any good. Amen? Amen. 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 But the third is this. You're saved but just backslidden. And you know there are people who are actually in the church in a backslidden condition. Now they're like carnal Christians except with this exception. Carnal Christians are people who have aspects of their lives that they simply don't want to let God deal with. Okay? And so they hold on. Jesus said, if you lose your life for my sake, you find it. If you, if you, if you find your life, he said, no, if you find your life, you'll lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, your life for my sake, you'll find it. These are people who've got categories of their lives that they're not going to let God touch, period. They're not interested because they're comfortable where they are. Amen? The backslidden Christian is living a life of sin. They're Christians, but they're living like non-Christians. See? And, and, and these are people who may go to church, but they're, well, let's, let's put it this way. They go to church, but they're still shacking up. Claiming to be Christians, living with somebody without benefit of marriage. They go to church, but they're living a homosexual lifestyle. They go to church, but they're still getting high on, on drugs. They go to church, but they're still hanging out at the nightclub. I had somebody approach me one time at the church. We were, we were this is up in Boston. We were about to do a, an, an usher service. You know, the traditions to have ushers get together and have their usher services. And, uh, and somebody told me, well, you know, that <laughs> the, the head of the ushers and named the church said, I, I, I saw the head of the ushers at such and such a nightclub the other night. And of course, my thought was, well, what were you doing there? I told you all, my, my father uh, became an usher after he actually got saved and went back to church trying to live for God. And, and he had a drinking problem. He was, not a, he was not an alcoholic in terms of being a drunk, but he was an habituated drinker. He drank every weekend from Friday night until Sunday night my father was nursing a drink that he did not drink during the week because he didn't want to interfere with his, with his responsibility at work. So he was an habituated drinker. So after church, he found out that the usher board, the usher board had a liquor party that rotated from one house to another. And my father's struggling to try to quit and he's being, having the ushers he's working with in the house of God saying, well, we're going to meet at so-and-so's house, man. We're going to have some Jim Crow over there. 
Here's my father struggling with this. He said he went to one of these parties. He had been to some of them and going on and did what he normally does. He said, but he was convicted. He, he, he knew it wasn't right. He knew he needed to be delivered from this. He needed to stop drinking, but he, he found he simply couldn't do it. And he'd been talking to God about it and saying, Lord, I, I can't quit. You, you've got to take this from me. So he went to this final usher's liquor party, said, sat down, they shoved a, drunk, a drink in front of him. So he picked up that drink, he said, and, 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 and put it to his lips and tasted some of it. He said, and it was as if the finger of God touched him at the top of his head and lightning went down through his body. He said, and hit him. He said, the Holy Ghost hit him. He said, like he'd never been hit before. He said, he sat there for a second, pushed back from the table, and walked away and never went back again. Never took a drink again. Never took a drink again. See, don't tell me God won't help you. Don't tell me God can't do it. The question is, do you want to do it? Do you want God to do it? Amen. Don't tell me God can't deal with any character issues that we might have. Amen. Now, a lot of those people who were going to that party, some of them may not be saved, have been saved. Some of them just in a backslidden condition. They're living lives, drinking liquor like it's going out of style. And then run up in the church every Sunday morning, ushering and, and acting like they're holy. And then, and, then, and then worse, encouraging others to go drink with them. You know, coming to church, dropping a few dollars in the plate, acting like you're tithing. Yeah, really, really. I mean, you know, come on. You know, some people are just in a backslidden condition. Oh, and, and I can't forget this one. Talking about the pastor like a dog behind his back, and then when you see him smile in his face, hi. <laughs> and, just, and just in a backslidden condition. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Jeremiah 3, 14 and 15 say the following. Oh, I love this too. Return, O backsliding sliding children, says the Lord. For I am married to you. God says, I'm married to the backslider. Amen. I'm married to you. In other words, God said, you may want a divorce, but I don't. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, God is so, isn't he kind? Isn't he merciful? He's so loving. But, 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 but look at where, where it takes you from there. He says, I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. God says, you backslidden, here's my answer. Listen to your pastor. And that's exactly what backslidden people don't want to do. Listen to your pastor. In fact, what they want to do is lie to the pastor or pretend to the pastor. And then the pastor says something that hits them, then they don't want to come back. Are you all hearing me? But, but God said, but I'm married to you. I'm married to you. Amen. And if you come back, he said, I'll feed you. I'll, I'll send shepherds who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Amen. I was listening to it as we were reading the covenant. I said, you know what? If every single Christian who ever was a part of this church simply obeyed that covenant, we'd have people lined up already. Because they come in and read it and say it. Doesn't mean anything. Amen? Doesn't mean anything. I'm serious. I'm talking about not you, not, but, but for some people, it's just words. 
Sometimes people in a backslidden condition, they don't care what that says. They just do it because everybody else is doing it. I mean, and look at some of the things that it says that, that we're supposed to always seek the unity of the body. We're supposed to always forgive. We're supposed to speak the truth in love to help and encourage one another, never to criticize or judge one another. We're supposed to, we, we've got a ministry of reconciliation. I, mean, I, I had a preacher say to me one time, uh, it, he, he was facing some issues um, and some things were being said against him. And he said to me, Bishop, he said, I got to face God one day. I would never do that. I would never do that. He said, I fear God. I would never do that. Christians ought to take that same attitude, Amen. which is, Bishop, I'm not going to withhold forgiveness. I, I fear God. I would never do that. I would never stand in the way of reconciliation. I would never not forgive somebody. I, got, I fear God. I got I to gotta stand before God one day. You know, a lot of times people are backslidden. They don't even know it. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, and saints, this is why I as a pastor don't quit when other people act a fool. You know what? If I quit as often as I've seen Christians quit based on things not going their way, I'd have lasted about one day in ministry. First, first church I took over, I came into church, looked around, saw it was dirty. I said to the leaders, I said, well, the first thing we, I said we got to do is well, let's, let's clean up. Let's, let's, let's get the place really cleaned up, pressed, pristine. You know, this is the house of God. I, I said, Let, let's really get it cleaned up. They had a meeting and said, he done walked in here and insulted us and told us our church is dirty. We made the wrong choice. And I started hearing it right away. If I weren't called by God, I'd have quit before I even got started. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but you know, one thing I found out, God loves his sheep. He loves his children. And he said, I'll send pastors who are going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, you all know sheep will bite you sometimes. You try to feed them, they bite you. But it comes with, it, but, but it comes with being the shepherd, amen? Amen. amen. I, 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 Sister Jackson and I are learning not to take it personally. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. So, so now look, if you fit into one of these categories, are you listening out there fit into one of these categories? I trust nobody here does. But you don't need to stay there. You can break out, Amen. He wants to receive you. He wants to deliver you. Amen. And if you don't, you say, Bishop, thank God. I don't fit into any of those categories. Then the only issue for you is, Lord, I want to keep growing in 2020. I want to keep getting better in 2020. Amen. I want to get more into the word in 2020. I want to get more into prayer in 2020. I want to identify anything that's holding me back and seek your deliverance and seek to transcend that in 2020 so that I can be a better Christian and a better disciple in 2020. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And don't tell me God can't do it. He said, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. I don't care what problem you've got. I don't care what you think is holding you back. It is not too hard for God. God can deal with it. But you know what? He can't if you don't want him to. 
If you don't want him to, he can't. Amen. I didn't say he wouldn't. I said he can't. So what made me, Bishop? God can do anything. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says Jesus went to Nazareth, healed a few sick folks, but could not do many mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. Didn't say he didn't want to, said he couldn't. People run around, well, God can do anything he wants to do. No, he can't. He's ordered the universe in such a way that if you don't cooperate with him, he can't do anything for you because he won't force himself on you. Jesus, you, I know we'd like to say, Jesus should have just walked around Nazareth and say, I know you don't want to get healed, but healed anyway. But he didn't. said he couldn't. Because God has ordered the universe in such a way that he works through our faith. And if people don't want to believe God, if, if, if I'm stuck in some kind of profligate behavior and I don't want God to help me out of it, I'll just stay in it. And God will look at me and beg with me and send people to me and and, and, and somebody say something and you get upset about it because you don't want to hear it. Don't tell me. And that's God trying to tell you. None of us, this should be a divine dissatisfaction in each of us. I'm not talking about frustration, anger, discouragement, bitterness, but a divine dissatisfaction. Lord, I want to please you more. More. Amen. I mean, has he done enough for all of us that we ought to want that? Well, that's why I say some people just flat out aren't saved. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're a Christian, you claim to be a Christian, and you don't have a heart and a desire to want to please God, I say you ain't saved, period. There ought to be something that the Holy Spirit on the inside of you should be stirring you up to say, I want to please God. I want to do better with God. Amen? Amen. Since I preached that message on love, I had been thinking about and planning how I'm going to deal with the handful of people that I know have either been offended by me or that I have been, uh, that, that either I, they think I've offended them or they've offended me and there hasn't been communication, how I can break that wide open. Why? Because I'm going to stand before God one day and I don't want to stand before God saying, Lord, I held on to it because I didn't like them. Are you all hearing me? Glory to God. Every Christian ought to want to please God. Amen. Amen. You, 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 ought to, you ought to have a desire down in your heart. Listen, Jeremiah said, I got tired of being beat up. I got tired of being locked up. I got tired of being talked about. I got tired of being called a traitor to my own nation. He said, and after they let me down in that hole, I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I've been insulted enough. Tell me, don't, don't bring me that Jesus mess. I've been inside. I'm done. I'm, Lord, forget about it. I, I'm tired of talking. But Jeremiah said, but there was a burning fire. See, if you're a Christian, there ought to be a burning fire shut up in your bones so that you cannot hold your peace. If he's done for you what he's done for me, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. What he's done for me, what he's done for me, I can't forget what the good Lord has done for me. I once was blind, but now I see. Praise the Lord for what he's done for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I've got the love of Jesus. Children, I don't have no doubt. This feeling in my soul, his love has made me whole. I've got plenty to shout about. Glory to God. Nobody's going to make me hold my peace. The Bible says, ye that make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest until he has accomplished 
what God wants to accomplish in your life. Amen. 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 I'm not, let, let me tell you something, saints. I don't care who says what about me. I don't care who leaves. I'm not quitting. Hallelujah. I'm going to run on and see what the end will be. Hallelujah. And I know that the end is good because God told me the plans that he has for us is good to do us good and not harm to give us a hope and a future. It says, I has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. And you mean to tell me I can't make a sacrifice for him? I can't get up early and stay up late for him when I need to. I can't give more maybe than I've really got that conveniently to give. I can't do more. I can't give more. I can't do more to try to show God, Lord, you are my first priority. Glory to God. Glory to God because without what he's done for us, you know where we would all be? Either in hell or on our way to hell. Come on here, somebody. And I'd probably be in hell right now because I was certainly working. Glory to God. Listen, I had two accidents in which the cars were totaled. One accident I had because I wasn't in my right mind trying to get home and drove off into a ditch. And the, the scar on my chin is a testament to my foolishness. Glory to God. In places I had no business being, doing things I had no business doing, hanging around with people would have cut my throat just as soon as look at me. But the Lord kept me. Brought me from a mighty long way through many dangers, toils, and snares. I have already come. His grace has brought me safe this far. His grace will lead me home. And you mean to tell me I'm going to throw the crumbs and go, here you go, God. You can take that. I'm busy. I got important stuff to do. Hallelujah. I don't feel like it right now. Glory to God. No, 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 no. Not, not after all he's done for me. He that knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In other words, he took my mess. He took your mess. He took our lies. He took our profligacy. He took our wickedness upon himself that we wouldn't have to wear it and be dragged down into hell for it. And I'm going to give God some kind of half-baked service and throw it a little bit. Ah, yeah, here you go, God. I don't have time. I'm busy. I got other things to do. Glory to God. If you got good religion, old saints used to say you ought to show some sign. Hallelujah. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so and do so and act so and believe so. Amen. 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 Come on, saints. No, look, forget about what happened in 2019. Is your faith going to increase in 2020? And you ought to be saying, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I, Lord, I'm going to another level in you. Hallelujah. I'm not wallowing in the muck and the mire. That's why, saints, I can't spend my time hating people and being bitter against people over slavery and Jim Crow and stuff that happened in the past. Yeah, it was bad, but I'm too busy trying to find out from God what he wants from me to be obsessed about what somebody did to my ancestors. Come on here, somebody. Because I'm not here by mistake. God has a plan. Jesus said, I've appointed you. I put you in place 
to bear forth fruit that remains. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I'm not buying into that nonsense. Amen. I've got, God's got a plan for me and I'm going to fulfill that plan. Glory to God. Come on, stand up on your feet. Let me quit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is your faith increasing? 